This is the weekly Fremont Moo podcast. Full count, one out, runners in the corners. The set, runner goes, hit, swing and a line drive up the third baseline and fair and rolling toward the corner for a hit. McBride has scored. Dodge around third. He's going to try and score. Sullen's throw toward home is cut off and Dodge scores. And this game is tied at six. An inside look at Moo Baseball. This one is rocketed out towards center field, going back to center field. And McBride, how did he make that catch? Behind his back, looking like Willie Mays. And now, here's your host, Nate Rohr. Welcome in, episode number eight of the Fremont Moo Weekly Podcast. I'm Nate Rohr. Speaking of eight, no, we're not thinking of the old football conference. But a big eight-game series for the Moon just concluded against Hastings. And Fremont split that series down the middle, four games apiece. But you feel as if the Moon got the better of that series. They clinched a season series victory over Hastings. So if the Moo and the Sodbusters are tied in the Clark Division standings at the end of the year, the Moo win that tiebreaker. Also, when the Moo won, they won in dominant fashion. Three of Fremont's four wins were blowout victories. The other one, the Moo had to hang on to win, but they led it 9-6 to six going to the bottom of the ninth. So when the Moo won, they dominated, And but for the second game of that doubleheader out at Duncan Field, they weren't the ones being dominated. So really, Hastings had one Blowout win, and even that's kind of with an asterisk, a 6 nothing game two of a doubleheader victory. They had a couple of one-run wins as well, but the move, three blowout wins, and then a one-run win. And with all of that, they leave that big eight-game series with the same lead in the Clark Division that they entered the series with. A game and a half up on Hastings, and they've run off eight games of time, more or less. So the Moo in very good shape to win the Clark Division for the first time in franchise history. We'll look back on that series coming up here in just a moment. We'll also sit down to chat with Luke White, and it's a shame that we're only doing this just as Luke White prepares to leave this team. Some of the guys on the Moo roster, some of the other players in this league actually, are having to leave early whether it was because of other plans or they just need to get back to their normal schools and the schools are mandating that they sit in quarantine for a while. But Luke White leaving the team a little early, this was obviously something that Chad Miller, the Moo general manager, and Shea Bennett Fremont's field manager knew about and were planning for. But we sit down, chat with Luke about his career, about this season, and get a sense of him as he gets ready to head back to the Northwest. And then we take a look at the last homestand of the year, the last six home games of the regular season. Of course, we are optimistic that the Moo will come back for some postseason ball at Moeller Field. But believe it or not, we're basically through the home schedule. And after this week, we will be three against Suez Valley, three against Western Nebraska in the next to last week of the regular season. So we'll take a little preview, a little look ahead at what stands before the Moo in their quest for a division championship and for a spot in the Expedition League Finals. But as we said, the Moo just wrapped up a huge eight-game series with the Hastings Sodbusters, a really important series in shaping how the Clark Division race is going to unfold over the next two weeks. And so let's take a thorough look back 
at that series. Let's hear the top moments from last week. It's time for the Moo Review. Set from the right-hander, Dutton. The 3-1 pitch. Clemenock swings and rips this one down the right field line, and it is a foul ball. Or no, it's a fair ball. It's a fair ball. So Roller will come in to score to third and holding his dodge, and the Moo are on the board here in the bottom of the second inning. The home plate umpire initially stuck up his hands indicating foul ball, but later said fair, and thus it is an RBI double and the Moo are on the board. Nope, he stays put, the pitch line to left, that'll drop, there's one, as McBride flies around third, he will coast home, and White's trucking for second, the throw comes in late, and he's in there with a two-out RBI double. It's three to two, Sodbusters, but the Moo are coming back. He's got two runners on, and this is how you really handle kissing. Throws a lot of fastball cutters. First pitch to Howell is hammered to center field. This one is going to fly back to center fielder Burnham. He watches it, and that's a three-run home run for Taylor Howell. The Moo are back in this game, only trailing by two. And his pitch, curveball, high fly ball, center field. This one could get some help from the win. Burnham is going back, so is the ball, and it's off the wall. It's off the Coors light side. Here comes White. He's going to tail around third. The throw is not going to come, and the Moo have taken the lead 2-1. to one. Here swings in the first one and lifts it out to right. Going back is Anderson. He can't find it. It's off the wall. Koski will score, and Sears is on second with a two-out double. 4-1 to one, Moo, and the bats have come alive here in the bottom of the fourth. Simonson, McBride, and White. Two, three, and four in the order. So some highly explosive individuals coming up. If they explode here in the bottom of the fifth, and Simonson swings, hits a fly ball deep right field, and it is gone onto the roof of the warehouse beyond the right field fence for a home run to give the Moo the lead. And the one ball pitch is swung on, hit in the air. Deep right field, and it is gone! A home run out to the warehouse for Ruller. Second home run of the inning, six to four Moo. Two on. The set in the 0-2 from Miggum and Zimmerman swings and lifts one to right field and deep. Going back is Anderson to the wall. It's gone! A three-run home run for Jackson Zimmerman. Make it 9-4, move. Swing up the line, and it's off the third base bag over the head of Bovey. McBride is sprinting around first. One run scores, dodges at home, and McBride's at second. It's a double that went about 90 feet and hopped over the bag right into the outfield. It scores the 10th run of the game, and the Moo are up 10 to six. Play right field, move to left field before this game started. Now hits a high fly ball to right. This one's gonna carry. Anderson's at the wall. He's at the track, and he's gonna turn around because that is a home run, and he didn't want any part of it. Koski has left the yard, and it is 11 to six Moo. Lifted to left. This one is crushed. If it's fair, it's gone. And that one is across the street. A home run. Zimmerman has left the yard twice today. It is 12 to 6. Moo. One on the count. The wind. Sanders brings it in. Simonson swings, and it's a high fly ball to right field and deep. The wind will carry it. Anderson to the wall, and it's gone. Another home run for Jack Simonson. And now it's 13 to 6. Moo. And the Moo have hit half a dozen 
Over the fence tonight. Becker in front of the bag at third. The two ball pitch. And McBride smokes a ground ball past the third baseman and into one flat field corner. Dodge has scored the third and holding is Simonson. It's an RBI double for Ronnie McBride. And the middle lead at 1-0 in the top of the first. And for the first time in the five games of the series, Fremont scores first. Runners second and third, nobody out to run in. The first one from Schneider and White swings and lines this one to right field and deep. Bailing going back, he'll have to play it off of the wall. In to score easily as Simonson McBride around third. He'll glide in to score. White digging for third, looking for the triple. Hurts relay skips in late. It's another triple for Luke White, a two-run triple. And the Moo have a 3-0 lead in the top of the first. The 3-2, Rutler swings and lines this one to center field to his left as Anderson will have to play it on a hop. It's down for a hit. White will score easily, and Fremont has a 4-0 lead as the first five batters all get hits. Snyder set his one-ball pitch, and White swings and drives this one to center field and deep. Anderson going back, still going back, still going back, and he'll have to play it off the wall. Sears scores. McBride scores. White around second, trying for third. The relay is late. And Luke White has his second triple of the game. And for the second time in this game, the triple drives in two runs. And it's six to nothing, Fremont in the second. It is the Coleman Harris brothers. We might see both of them actually today. Who knows? The first one, this one is line to left. That's dropping for a hit. Here comes White. He's on train tracks. He'll score. And it's 10-0 Moo. Howell goes to second with a double. Lefty to righty. Hendricks set and delivers the first one. And Simonson rips the line drive into left center field, down for a hit. Dodge has scored. Abdel now around third. He's going to score two. It's a two-run single to center field. And the Moo have taken a 3-1 lead in the top of the second. This becomes the biggest pitch. And it's a swing and a miss. Bases stay loaded. Griffin Everett goes down swinging. And the Moo escape with a two-run lead. Ace is loaded, one out. No score, but Fremont threatening. 1-1 the count, the wind. Dutton delivers. Reller swings and chops it towards second. To his left is Anderson. He has it throws second for one. The turn to first is not in time. And right behind Simonson, McBride races around third to score. So it's two to nothing, Fremont. How many two-run fielder's choices have you ever seen in your life? McBride just kept flying around the bases while they tried to turn the double play unsuccessfully. Pitch outside corner, strike three. And Merriman has just recorded his second strikeout of the day. And it's another one, two, three inning for the move. This one is lined down the third baseline and it's fair. Emmanuel will score, here comes Morrison. He will score, Simonson flies around second. He's on third. And there's McBride coming through again with a two RBI double and the move lead at four to two. Kissick's first pitch to White, line to right, and it's down for a hit. Here comes Simonson, he'll score. McBride will follow him home, and White extends his hitting streak to 12. The Moo extend their lead six to two. Reller swings and gets a hold of this one out to right. Going back is Anderson. This one is crushed. He's still going back. He's at the wall, and it's off the scoreboard. Here comes Luke White. He will try to score from third. The throw will not come. Reller slides in safely, and White scores. Off the scoreboard in the Moo lead, 7-2. Two. two on, one out, the 2-2. Two -two. Reller rips the ground ball through the right side for a hit. Around third is Simonson. He'll try and score. Anderson's throw is toward third, and it is late to try and get McBride. It's an RBI single to right for Reller, and the Moo with a 9-6 lead in the ninth. The set. 
Turner's 0-2. Swinging a ground ball back up the middle to his right as Dodge at second. He flips to Bischoff, covering second in time for the force out of Everett. And the Fremont move retake first place in the Clark Division. They clinch the season series win over the Hastings Sodbusters, and they hang on to win tonight by a final score of 9-8. Facing the righty Ray Ray Douglas. Full shift is on for Brock Reller. Foot is on the back line of the left-handed batter's box. Here's the 1-0, the pitch outside as McBride takes off the third. The throw is into left field, and McBride, he will come around to score. The Moor on the board first. It's 1-0. 2-1, big swing, and it's down the left field line, through for a base hit. Here comes Reller. He'll hit third and score. Chaney Dodge, the throw comes to second. It's off the glove and into right field. Everett, the first baseman, had to go out and get it. Chaney Dodge will advance to third, and it's 2-0 move. There he goes. Pitch right back up the middle on a hop, and it's into center field. One run will score. Dodge scores, and Clemenot goes to third. An RBI single for Jackson Zimmerman. The Moor on the board now, three to nothing. Should be nothing close to the strike zone. See it. Everett will get himself out. He's 0 for 1 today. Also has a walk. Irwin from the stretch. Love set it to bounce. The pitch. Strike three, he got him. There's 11 strikeouts on the day. A new franchise single game record. First week of class. Oh boy, this one is crushed. If it's fair, it is long gone. It is gone. That one went on to the building, or at least very close to the building, in the lumber yard. Oh my goodness. And the pitch. Cervantes swings, skies a fly ball to center. McBride trotting in, settles under it, makes the catch, and the Fremont move have defeated the Hastings Sodbusters soundly. And they come through the eight-game series, leading the Clark Division. Moo dominating this one tonight. Final score of Moo 14 and Hastings nothing. Learn a little more about one of Fremont's finest. Let's meet the Moo. This week on Meet the Moo, we're chatting with the power-hitting first baseman of the Moo, uh, Luke White. And this week, Luke, you hit a couple more triples at Duncan Field here in Hastings, and you're the league leader in triples. You're not the traditional triples type hitter, but when you lace one into the gap in Duncan, what is that like? Well, I know it's a big field. It plays – the gaps are big, and I know the outfielders here have pretty good arms, so I just got to get moving. And then as soon as I see Coach Bennett waving me, I'm like, all right, let's go. Just kind of – get into another gear and just hope I make it. You've had a couple of those games where you've hit three in a game. Uh, obviously, you're happy to get to third, but are, are, is there a time where you're thinking, my goodness, my legs are a little shot here? Yeah, the first game I had the two triples here in Hastings. The second one, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I, was, I don't think I could do it again if I had to. So <laughs> once you get those first couple and it's just your legs are just done for the rest of the game. What were your expectations coming into this year? Obviously, you've, you've had a great year at the plate, but what were you hoping to do when you came here to Fremont? I was just hoping to get those reps I missed out on from the spring season getting canceled and then just kind of working on my more contact hitting, which I feel like I've done, and then just kind of putting the ball in play more and helping my team win. You've been able to put the ball in play quite a bit, hit for a high average. You're over 300 right now, and yet you're still hitting for power. You're hitting triples here because nobody can hit home runs here, but back home you're hitting home runs. Uh, 
are you happy with the progress you've been able to make? Yeah, definitely. I think I've um, made myself more a more complete hitter and just kind of going into this next school season coming up, I think I'm going to help my team a lot more than I did this year. Let's talk about your path into baseball. Was baseball always your primary sport? Yeah, baseball was. I grew up playing football and basketball too. And then as I got older, going into junior high and high school, I kind of focused more on baseball, still played basketball a little bit. And then my senior year of high school is when I just played baseball and made that more of like my primary sport, more in-depth than I had before, and then just kind of put all my time towards baseball. Idaho, of course, being that far north, out west, big sky country, I guess in my head I, I have a picture of baseball being a little different out there and, and you're competing with guys you know, in the rodeo, for instance, and things like that. How different was your experience playing baseball growing up than, say, some of your teammates as you've talked to them coming up? Well, a lot of the guys, are, or some of them anyways, are from like the southern states, California, Texas area. A lot of those states don't get the snow that we do up in the northwest, and they just can just play year-round pretty much. And once December hits in Idaho, we're pretty much forced inside and stay inside until probably end of February, early March for the most part. You played third base for this team. You've played first base. Where do you feel the most comfortable? I feel most comfortable at first. It's my primary position. I know Coach Bennett liked me at third last year for the moon the first season. It's never really been my primary position, but whatever I need to do to help the team win, I'm willing to do it. You mentioned this is your second year with Fremont, and so you had a chance to, to kind of take a test run uh, last year, learn about this league, learn about hitting with the wood bat. What lessons did you carry from that first year with the moon? Uh, just kind of taking on that leadership role. I know being a returning guy here, like we got to kind of step up and perform better and just kind of take that into school ball. I've always been like uh, somebody on the team that leads more than others and just kind of taking that into life is going to benefit me. What, you know, you go through that first year in the Expedition League and uh, it's a new team, new franchise. What was the oddest experience in your first year with the Mail? I think one of the weirdest ones was in Pierre on the road, the pregame meal. I'm not going to go into depth, but let's just say it was a little shocking. You know, this team has so many returners. That was one thing that Shea Bennett pointed out as as a strength of this team is that they had so many guys back from a team that was good last year. How do you think having all that experience back, all that familiarity back, has helped you guys through this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, we brought back most of the core guys that we had last year that really helped us get to where we were last year. And then bringing them back this year is just we already have that bond that we made last summer. And then bringing in the guys we brought in, it makes it easier for us to bond with them and just kind of build that good camaraderie. One thing about being a Moo player, is, especially with you being a powerful right-hand batter, is the chain-link monster at Moeller Field. It's a high fence, but it's very close. Do you have to change your approach any? Are you, think, are, are you just trying to ignore it, almost trying to push it out of your head, or does it kind of beckon to you being so close and a, a place where you can get some doubles and some home runs that maybe you wouldn't otherwise get? Yeah, I mean, I try not to change my approach too much because it's still a baseball field. You still got to work with the whole field and work with what the pitcher's given you. And the short fence, or short distance, I should say, it definitely plays into effect with some line drives that I know I've experienced that a lot of guys have. And 
some short pop-ups that would be out otherwise or home runs and it's just kind of something that's there and you just got to either work with it or ignore it and just kind of just keep doing what you do anywhere else. Now, unfortunately, your time with the Moo is about to come to an end. It ends uh, this week as you have to go back uh, to school and you've got a family vacation before that. Uh, what uh, what are your goals now, now that you've had two years with the Moo? What goals are you taking with you up to Lewis and Clark State and into, into college ball next spring? Well, I think for me personally is to help my school win the NAI National Championship. I know that's all of our goals, that everyone that goes through that program, that's the ultimate goal. And just kind of being able to do that for my hometown is going to be something incredible. And, and finally, what are your plans after baseball? Is pro baseball something that's on your radar right now? And what, what are you expecting uh, to do once uh, your time at Lewis and Clark State's done? Yeah, pro baseball is definitely something that I want to do. Just kind of have to wait and see, see how the cards lay. And then after that, I'm just kind of undecided at the moment, just kind of sticking with baseball as long as I can. Well, you've obviously done some great work on the baseball field this year, and we thank you for what you've done for the Moo, and good luck to you the rest of this year and uh, with the rest of your career. Thanks, Nate. Here's what's coming up moving forward for Fremont. The Moo take on Cirrus Valley in a three-game series beginning Friday night at Moeller Field. The Sabredogs are still in the race for the Lewis Division title, but need a late surge to erase their two-and-a-half game deficit to Badlands going into the next-to-last week of the regular season. Cirrus Valley won three of five games between the Moo and Dogs in early to mid-July. Three Sabredogs regulars are hitting 300 or better, led by Josh Solomon, who's a 309 hitter with six home runs. Mason Dennison is right behind him, a 307 average with five home runs. Cirrus Valley has one of the top pitching staffs in the league as well, with Austin Glaze, one of the top relievers in the league, a 1.03 ERA. Starters Ryan Lobus and Josh Robbins hold ERAs under three. Moo and Sabredogs face off Friday at 7.05, Saturday at 7.05, and Sunday at 5.05 for the first two games on Big Dog 98.9 FM and 13.40 AM in addition to FremontMoo.com. After the last off day of the year on Monday, the regular season home schedule concludes with three against Western Nebraska Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at Moeller Field. All those games start at 7.05. For the first time in the three years of the Expedition League, it looks as if the Pioneers will not win the Clark Division Championship. Western Nebraska may be mathematically eliminated from the playoff race by the time they arrive in Fremont. The reason for the Pioneers' struggles? A sputtering offense which is hitting a league-worst 213 while averaging just five runs a game. Just two Western Nebraska regulars are hitting better than 260 on the year, while only Shea Hillier has more than two home runs. He has three. No Pioneer hitter has 20 RBI yet. Western Nebraska's pitching has been okay, led by Reagan Haas and Bradley Mullen, but not enough to overcome the lack of offense. Western Nebraska didn't lack for offense in the two games they played against the Moo this year, tallying 24 runs in a pair of wins back on July 9th and 10th. The three-game home series with the Pioneers starts a stretch of six straight between the Moo and Western Nebraska. Fremont will make its first trip to Gehring this year starting next Friday. Meanwhile, on this Friday, we're out of time. We'll see you out at Muller Field this week, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Fremont Moo Weekly Podcast. Follow the Moo on Twitter at Fremont Moo, and visit FremontMoo.com for news, information, stats, and to buy tickets and Moo gear. Fremont Moo Baseball, it's a hit.